Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. The World Cup is a showcase for the best players, including those keen to attract attention with a move to a new club in mind. With the January transfer window edging closer, we discuss the interest in some of those names, including the player who may have the biggest price tag of them all, England and Borussia Dortmund midfielder Jude Bellingham. Oh, and there's quite a well-known free agent hanging around as well. I'm Adam Leventhal. Welcome to The Athletic Football Podcast. Ultimately, this will be decided by the player. He's the most powerful person in this position. He's the most talented midfielder on the market. And there's a load of clubs that will be after him. Chelsea explored the possibilities we revealed at the time. And there was some level of conversation with Bayern Munich and Napoli and, and a few others. Now, without a transfer fee and his status, it technically becomes easier. Arsenal are ready to do business. And he is their um, first choice candidate for strengthening their attack in the January transfer window. Now there is only one place we could bring you this episode, the Souk Wakif, Souk Wakif, which means standing market in Arabic. It's Doha's historic trading hub, restored at the start of the century, but a place where deals have been done for generations. Granted, it's not pearls, it's not rugs, it's not livestock we're talking about, but instead finely honed athletes and two men who are ready to discuss the bartering that is already ensuing over the players for the January transfer window have joined me with their coffees and teas in front of them. It is the Athletics' David Ornstein and Adam Crafton. How are you, gentlemen? I'm OK, thank you. I was trying to think of market puns and trading puns, and I couldn't think of any because you, you gave me no warning of this intro. Um, but that was very impressive. It was epic. It was tub-thumping. <laughs> That's what we like. That's what we like. We are here in the Souk Wakif, and the, um, the sun is shining. And we're just casting our minds ahead to what is going to happen in the January transfer window. Usually, we're at a summer window. We're in the midst of it at a World Cup. But... We're now kicking forward to January because obviously this is a winter World Cup. David, I want to get stuck into some of these names that have been highlighted in your extraordinary piece that is out now on The Athletic. Um, Just sort of sticking a flag in various players that might be on the move in January. It might go beyond that. We know that. But I wanted to start with Jude Bellingham. It has been the success story or one of the success stories of this England World Cup. Let's dig into some of the the detail for people that haven't necessarily been following the story all the way through. Where do we stand with Jude Bellingham at the moment? What what do you feel is the is the top line? Well, it's a useful place to start for a number of reasons. One, he's probably the biggest name that is going to be talked about in the transfer market in the months ahead. But there is a caveat um, which is applicable to him in that January is likely to be quite quiet for. Yeah 
paid transfers, purchases, money being spent, um, it's more likely as ever, despite the unique circumstances, to be loans or deals possibly set up for the summer. Perhaps lower teams in the Premier League, for example, struggling for survival, emergency situations around injuries will commit financial outlays. But that, as ever, will be a greater focus in the summer. And that leads us nicely on to Bellingham because it was always clear that no decision would be made on his part during the World Cup. And now his World Cup involvement is over. It's natural that the clubs who are interested in signing him are going to intensify their efforts to do so. The price that Borussia Dortmund will be able to command if they decide to sell and if he decides that he wants to leave is going to be such that only a small number of clubs will be able to afford him. It's been widely reported and speculated that Liverpool are leading the race to sign him and they do want to sign him. Jurgen Klopp has, as we understand it, been leading that pursuit himself and his power within the Liverpool hierarchy has now increased with the news that Julian Ward, the sporting director, is going to be stepping down at the end of the season. And a number of other changes, including him signing a new contract that has really brought him to the fore, Ward's predecessor, Michael Edwards, leaving too. But the feeling among other clubs who are interested in Bellingham is that while Liverpool may be the early front runners, the situation is still open. And that brings the likes of Real Madrid to the fore, maybe Manchester City too, who really like Jude Bellingham, but don't think they're at the front of the queue. Chelsea also love him. Um, but who is going to emerge as his most likely destination is still to be decided. Many of their circumstances are fluid because we don't know if some of these clubs are going to qualify for the Champions League. We don't know how important that is to Jude Bellingham. I presume pretty important. We don't know what Liverpool's financial situation is going to be because of them being for sale. And as we said, Ward leaving at the end of the season. So much can change. And Bellingham has a really strong setup around him that is led by his family. They are lauded and praised by many people I speak to. Um, and these people back them to make the right decision and the best decision uh, for his career, which may be to stay at Borussia Dortmund. So this is now a live situation and it's fascinating to see how it pans out. So for people who are listening, a couple of sort of this is like a quick fire round. When does his contract expire? It expires in the summer of 2025 okay. and Dortmund would, of course, love to extend it, but we'll see. And in terms of the transfer fee, what, what are we talking? The common conception is that it will be in excess of £100 million. Um, but again, we don't know specifically at this point because it will be dictated by the market. I'll come back to you in a, in a moment, David, but it's quite interesting with the, the Liverpool link because it just seems that that is the, almost the number, one, the number one team. And I'm just trying to work out why. And it's got to be more than the fact that he's obviously had a bit of a bromance with um, Jordan Henderson. We saw that great celebration when he, when he scored that goal and they were head-to-head. -head. Um, that was Henderson scoring. Obviously, Bellingham scored earlier on in the, in the tournament. Um, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, they've been out together and, and things like that. Why do you feel, Adam, that Liverpool seems to be the, the natural fit? 
because Liverpool are desperate for a new midfield, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's the best midfielder that's on the market. Um, Liverpool pushed pretty hard last summer for the player that played against Bellingham for France this weekend, Aurelien Chouameni, who ended up at Real Madrid instead. And in the end, Liverpool just couldn't get up to the numbers, I think, that Real Madrid were getting to. But if the player would have said, you're my preferred option, I think they'd have moved some pieces around to make that happen. The challenge for, the challenge for Liverpool is, is kind of, as David says, it's twofold. The first point is that they're for sale, right? So Liverpool will say publicly, in the same way as Man United will say publicly, that until the club is sold, we'll continue to act in the same way. We want to invest in the club. We'll, we want to make sure it's, it's appealing to investors as well that, that are going to buy it. But if I was selling something, am I going to spend... 100 to 150 million pound yeah. from the business at that point I don't know you know maybe maybe that's what they'll do but I think that's a fair question to ask and and I think the other point is also there's other big players in the market when Real Madrid decide they want to get someone they're pretty good at doing that um, and I think um, you know I think it's public it's a matter of public record that the, the law firm that that worked on um, Eden Hazard's deal to Real Madrid um, from Chelsea onside law is also a law firm that's previously advised Jude Bellingham's family as well so I think they would probably be able to say you know we've assisted on a transfer to Real Madrid before maybe we'd be able to do that again but but as David says you know ultimately this will be decided by the player he's the most powerful person in this position he's the most talented midfielder on the market and there's a load of clubs that will be after him. David, just picking up on a point that Adam's made there about the, the fact that it's almost like when you're selling your house, you think, how much work do I really need to do to get, to get rid of this? Do I need to do up the kitchen or can we just paint over a few cracks and here, here or there? But at the same time, it could almost be used almost in a Barcelona new president sort of way that they come in and say, I'll bring you this guy. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll make this my sort of signature signing. Is there any feeling in that that this could be part of that sort of thing, or is is that too sort of far ahead? Is it more about right, Jurgen Klopp wants this player, let's get it done, and that's more that's more pertinent than anything else? I don't think they can think anywhere near that far yeah. advanced at this point. Um, and somebody that I didn't mention in the first answer at Liverpool, who has also stepped away from his role is Mike Gordon. Yeah. He's the president of FSG and was the key director at Liverpool running that show. Jurgen Klopp has lavished him with credit on the record and he has now moved to a different role to sort of focus on this potential sale or investment. And so you can't underestimate the amount of flux at Liverpool right now. And unless some agreement was reached before this that none of us know about, then they're going to have a battle on their hands, as Adam says. And many clubs, Chelsea, for example, will see somebody like Bellingham as their potential statement signing in the way that you describe. But I don't think it's going to work like that with him. He's a really old head on young shoulders. He's very calm and considerate about his decisions. His parents are renowned for supporting him in the best possible way. And I think in this case, um, they're going to make a calculated decision based on what will serve his career best, irrespective of what other clubs might want or might try and push him into certain positions on. I don't think that will work in this case. 
It's really interesting you mentioned that he's an old head on, on young shoulders. There was that quite sort of striking image towards the end of the game against France where he was giving out the orders in stoppage time and Harry Kane was stood to one side not to discredit Harry Kane because he's done he's done a lot and he obviously he had a he had a pretty difficult evening but he has come in and shown that he is a future leader and he's spoken very openly he did an interview with the, with the BBC basically saying yeah I want to be the best midfielder in the world I'd love to captain the side he is so confident but Adam I wanted to ask you about the um the, the next destination being influenced by the last two cabs off the Borussia Dortmund rank. Jadon Sancho to Manchester United has not gone to plan. Erling Haaland to Manchester City has gone to plan. Do you think that either of those examples will have any influence in terms of the end destination of those two players? I don't expect Jude Bellingham to go to Manchester United. Um, I don't know if that's got anything to do with Jadon Sancho. Um, I just think Liverpool, Real Madrid, Manchester City are further ahead in, in, in that in that pursuit but United tried before I mean they've tried quite a few times over the years um, particularly before he went to Borussia Dortmund they had him down, they had I think his family down to the training ground um, but ultimately weren't able to persuade him and, and he, it was the right decision for his career I mean look where he is for all those players who decide to go to Borussia Dortmund at, at, at a young age it seems to work out really well um, so yeah I mean like Jaden each, each player is very different I think Jaden Sancho is quite a different personality type to, to Jude Bellingham that's not to say it's better or worse but I think they are different characters Erling Haaland again um, in that way but you know for sure I think anyone who's looked at the market for the last 10 years as a, as a talented player will look at Manchester United with a little bit of trepidation you know unfortunately that's the reality for them because they've they've often bought players who have struggled to develop who um, have maybe then gone elsewhere and performed a little bit better um, I think the record this summer with Lissandro Martinez and Anthony is, is looking a little bit better. Um, but that's, that's the job of Eric Ten Hag at Manchester United to prove that it's a place again where players can go and not become worse. Yeah, it will be fascinating to see where, where he ends up. And, and I think the, the influence of his, his family and making the, the right decision all the way through will obviously will come into play. And he has been tracked, you know, ever since he was, you know, 15, 16 years old when he was playing for Birmingham and, and things like that. He's, he's been tracked all the way. David, final, final one on, on Bellingham, because obviously it's a story that's going to run and run. You've already said that, yeah, look, it's not going to happen in, it's not going to happen in January. But is it almost copper bottom that it's going to happen in, in the summer? Or he could just make the same decision. It could be kicked, you know, another year or there could be a contract extension. Or do you feel that there is now, especially having played such a big role amongst his England teammates, he'll, he will have been discussing the Premier League and things like that, that it's almost sort of preordained that he, it will happen sooner rather than later, i.e. in the summer. I don't know is the truth and I can't say something that I'm not sure of, but the strength of interest in him from yeah. the market, the level at which he is playing for club and country and the knowledge at Dortmund of when to strike yeah. while the iron is hot. Yeah. Um, if they get to next summer, he'll have two years on his contract. So there's a bit of breathing space there. But if it isn't a new deal being signed and he goes on to 2024, then the value drops quite significantly. Um, and all of that considered makes me think that 
a transfer in the summer of 2023 is more probable than him staying. But unless those options are right for him, he will have no issue staying, I'm sure. But that said, on, on the, you know, Borussia Dortmund coming into this and them being savvy, them knowing what, what, what to do, his star is probably at the highest it's ever been. So they'll be thinking, right, well, if he's not going to go into the summer, right, let's nail him down on a longer contract. So that's m- the most likely next step, you would presume, right? And they did try with Sancho. They got a renewal done under the radar that was later revealed publicly that they had an extra year than we all thought. And that maintained his value. They're very savvy operators. Um, they still were willing to engage in a transfer if the numbers were right and have become masters of knowing when to do these things. Uh, is, is there a clause? I'm not aware of there being a clause. Uh, so if there is, it's been kept under wraps. But um, I think it's just a mature situation, a really strong relationship in that when Jude Bellingham decides the time is right for him and if the level of interest and finance that Borussia Dortmund expect arrives then they will mutually decide to act upon certain options. I don't doubt that that level of finance will arrive this summer, so then it will come down to if Jude Bellingham is ready to go. And I sense, given all of the factors we've discussed, that it probably will happen in the summer of 2023. It's just not a guarantee in the way you would say about certain players just because of how firm he will be in only doing what is absolutely right for him. Shaw. And it's in from Bellingham. What a moment for the 19-year-old. What a moment for England. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. 
And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash athleticfootball with no spaces. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So from Jude Bellingham, someone who everyone seemingly wants, to Cristiano Ronaldo. I want to just deal with him because Portugal are obviously out of the World Cup and he was a free agent during the World Cup. It was announced just prior to it that he was uh, parting ways with Manchester United. And now he really is really a free agent. He has no club. He is an unemployed footballer, which feels weird, feels strange. And it's, it's against the clock now, isn't it? In terms of his credibility, his integrity, which will be eating him up from the inside, I would have thought, Adam. Yeah, um, but... It's not that surprising if you've actually watched him play during the last six months, um, during this tournament, unfortunately, as well. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a good tournament for him. You know, he scored a goal in the opening game that was a penalty. In his second game, he tried to claim a goal from Bruno Fernandes and then FIFA kind of introduced the truth to his truth um, in that situation. And then he had the incident with a South Korean player um, when he was leaving the pitch, um, who was trying to hurry him, hurry him up and get him off the pitch, and they had an argument. Then he was dropped by his manager. I think that was an excuse, you know, that was almost used as a bit of a cover for the fact he wasn't playing very well for Fernando Santos. Um, and then Gonzalo, uh, Gonzalo Ramos comes in and he scores a hat trick, right? So, and, and Ronaldo therefore misses out both against Switzerland and Morocco as a result. Came on on, sat- on um, what, what day was it? Saturday? Yep. Saturday against Morocco when they go out of the tournament had about just well around half the game to rescue his dream and he, he couldn't do it so if this tournament was meant to be an audition to make himself more appealing for some of the biggest clubs in Europe clubs that are competing in the Champions League where he I think believes he still belongs then it didn't work out for him um, and I think not only did it not work out on the pitch but I think also the fact that there was more off-field noise around him as well more distractions I think may make more clubs just sit there and think is this person even going to be helpful to our dressing room yeah so yeah it's a difficult situation look we know the interest is there from Saudi Arabia but we also know that Ronaldo you know has been saying that he still wants to compete at the highest level that 
one of the reasons that he was leaving Manchester United was about making sure that he can still compete for the biggest prizes in a demanding environment. And you know, I don't think he wants to be suing in Riyadh or Jeddah, right? I mean, ultimately, that's the reality for him. I don't know what his preference is. We're going to find that out in the next couple of weeks, I think, or we're told. And but can it like can it even kick on to a couple of weeks for him to you know? I just I, it just feels remarkable to me that he's just going to be hanging around without a club. And well, it's I, do you I, know what I mean though? I'm I, sure I, his, I'm sure his agent would have been having a lot of conversations over the last few weeks. I'd yeah. be very surprised if they are now at a point at the end of the World Cup where they're just starting no, the process, right? They're anything but starting the process. Yeah. They they began it in the summer. They were looking for offers. Yeah. Uh, no credible offers arrived that were suitable for him or for Manchester United. Um, that process would have continued. It's slightly easier as a free agent because there was interest. Like Chelsea explored the possibilities we revealed at the time and there was some level of conversation with Bayern Munich and Napoli and, and a few others. Now, without a transfer fee and his status, it technically becomes easier. Maybe he could amend his salary somewhat to get the move that Adam talks about to a Champions League club. At the moment, the only offer I'm aware of is from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And that's the one that's being contemplated. But it doesn't mean as the World Cup draws towards a close, um, squad planning intensifies, we have the Christmas period, there'll be injuries, um, the January... Yeah, with winter breaks and things. Well, there was was a big injury yesterday, was it yesterday, the day before when Chelsea played? And Broyer has suffered a a really Mm. serious injury. And actually, if you look at Chelsea's squad... I think what that leaves them with, Aubameyang and Havertz. And, and I think that's the moment where someone like Ronaldo free transfer... To Chelsea. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it becomes an option at least. I think it must be a conversation that Chelsea would be having. You know, whether, they, whether Graham Potter would want that or not, we know that the owners previously have had an interest. We also know that the owners will respect what Graham Potter wants. And I think that makes it harder for Cristiano Ronaldo. But I'm pretty sure that'll be something that, that, that they talk about. Of course you would, right? Is You've that got nailed one... on, though, that point that you just made there, that they will respect what Graham Potter wants? Or is this the same... Say they sort would. Of, the same hierarchy <laughs> that... And look, they were building a new um, a new premise, almost, at, at Chelsea last summer, and, and they were learning on the job to a certain degree. But are they not going to think, of, think about, right, well, this is a, this is a big statement for, for them. And, and uh, you know, to hell with what our coach wants I think it all depends on the premise that Ronaldo joins with right if Ronaldo joins in the premise of you know you are basically cover right for for the rest of the season then it but might be able that, to work how did that go at Manchester United well, it, it just doesn't but that's work. what I'm saying yeah, that's why it's... but if that's not the agreement when Ronaldo joined at Manchester United at Manchester United he yes. thought he was the main event yeah. if they can and this is the major challenge for anyone, for any major club that's signing Cristiano Ronaldo, is can you, can you access his mentality to, to, to make him realise that at almost 38 years old, he isn't what he was and that his role has to change. And that's a really hard thing for anyone to do it towards the end of their career, yeah. and particularly when it's someone whose standards have been so high, whose sense of individualism is so pronounced um, and, and, and that, that, that's if he doesn't accept that it won't work for him at any major European club unfortunately they'll get a bite though I'm sure of it in the coming weeks they'll get a bite from clubs who as Adam says injuries are occurring um, there'll be some 
clubs who find themselves in a worse position after the the festive fixtures. Um, obviously, it's slightly different the schedules on the continent as the Champions League. Uh, knockout stage draws into sight and teams realise they need a bit of a, a boost here or they lose a player to the transfer market. I'm just hypothesising yeah. here. Someone like Gonzalo Ramos leaving Benfica and they've got a, a really important second half of the season. Do they... Well, don't don't tell Sporting no, Lisbon I'm, that, um, that's, I, I was <laughs> that he might go to Benfica. But, well, they've turned down the opportunity <laughs> to take Ronaldo, so maybe it's their comeuppance. I, I'm, I'm no, but you've, be, you've beautifully kicked on to someone. <laughs> you know, let's actually let's park Ronaldo for yep. a minute, okay? That, it, something will happen, and it'll be interesting, and we'll find out about it, and we'll cover it in depth on on the Athletic. But you mentioned Ramos there. He's another player that is mentioned in the piece that is out today, um, and Adam incidentally has written very recently in the last 24 hours about what you've you know been intimating there about Cristiano Ronaldo about him needing to change and what he is now but Ramos is Portugal's future came on replaced Ronaldo scored a hat-trick he's had the sort of World Cup that you would you would like and at 21 I think he's got the world ahead of him um, so there have already been some offers for him in the summer to Benfica, quite sizable, but they were rejected. Uh, he's got a long contract there and their intention is to keep him until at least the summer of 2023. And so it's not beyond the realms of possibility that something comes in to change their stance, but especially with that long deal and the Champions League knockout stage coming up, their clear intention is to keep hold of Gonzalo Ramos for the second half of the season. But that will not stop clubs being interested in him, given the performance here, his performance at club level, which comes as no great shock to Portugal fans and Benfica fans and, and fans of the top flight in Portugal. Um, but as things stand, that one is most likely to occur at the earliest in the summer. And just before we leave Portugal, João Felix is a really interesting situation for January. Um, things have not gone well at Atletico Madrid. My understanding is that he will be leaving. That's the clear expectation of people around the situation. Uh, given the price he signed for and the length of his contract, um, you would imagine Atletico would be looking for a huge return on him and immediately you cast your eyes towards the Premier League where there is some interest. Um, some have said to me it could even be a loan with a really high loan fee and the massive salary that comes with it. Um, and w one club that we mentioned in the piece that sort of are in the conversation is Aston Villa. That's been reported by the wider media. I think the reason being that George Mendes, um, his representative, has a really strong relationship with the Aston Villa ownership. He actually did the deal to bring Unai Emery to the club um, as manager recently. So I'm not saying it will happen to Aston Villa. And some I speak to around the game think it's more like an Arsenal that would be suited to him, given his style of play and the fact that Gabriel Jesus is injured and they're weighing up who they might like to go for if they go for an attacking reinforcement. We'll come on to speak about that later. But João Felix is definitely one for the January transfer window that we need to keep an eye on. Just a very, very quick one. George Mendes being influential at a football club we've seen that at, at Wolves and we've heard that maybe that sort of that ship is sort of I don't know the, the ropes are coming off and and that ship is sort of sailing a little bit are we are we seeing George Mendes and Aston Villa as the as the new cozy relationship or not is he pivoting is what you're <laughs> asking um 
it is interesting with Wolves bottom of the Premier League yeah. table it's conceivable they might be relegated and that would have an impact on the Mendes influenced model at Molyneux you'd assume um, I think he's got enough fingers in enough pies to, <laughs> to keep all of the plates yeah, spinning he's, he's also I mean Julian Lopetegui yep. is yeah. you know, very much involved with Mendes and you've also had deals done in the summer uh, just, just last summer Guedes uh, from Valencia there was the, there was the Nunes, Matheus Nunes. Matheus Nunes. I mean, any player that's coming from Portugal to Wolves, he will be across. Yeah. It's fair to say. Yeah. So, so I think that that relationship is still alive and kicking. Fine. Uh, for now. And I wouldn't mind just picking up quickly on a player, another Matheus um, Cunha. Uh, while we're talking about this, because Wolves were right, widely regarded to be closing in on a deal for the Brazilian striker. He's 23. Uh, he's at Atletico Madrid. And talking of Jao Felix, it's another player there who's fallen out of favour. He's uh, disengaged from the project there. His performance, his game time has been cut dramatically. And he feels that's a key reason why he didn't make it into that number nine shirt that Richarlison took for Brazil at the World Cup. It means a January move is expected for Cunha. Really good striker. Um, Wolves were said to be leading the race. They were the front runners and Atletico wanted to do business with them because the discussion, which was brought forward by George Mendes, even though he's not the agent of the two players I'm, I'm about to mention, um, he brought forward the proposal of a double deal for Cunha and the Atletico Madrid centre-back Felipe. Much smaller value, he's older and out of contract soon. But that double deal appealed to Atletico and it was moving forward. Many clubs thought it was almost done. But as we reveal in the piece, it's definitely not done. And Wolves might not go ahead with it because of the price. Um, I don't know what the financial situation is with Wolves and Fosun, their ownership. But that deal is currently sort of not moving forward at this point in time even though Wolves are still in the mix even though Cunha is very fond of Lopetegui um, and that Wolves were uh, proposing the highest salary offer but they're sort of um, the slowing of that process has encouraged other clubs and most notably Leeds United are really keen to sign him they tried to sign him before he went to Atletico Madrid from Hertha Berlin. Victor Orta, their director of football, um, is a massive fan of his. And Jesse Marsh, the Leeds head coach, worked with him at RB Leipzig previously. Leeds won to striker too. Um, and, and their financial situation is presumably um, capable of, of pulling this off. Everton want him as well, very strongly. Um, they, it's not clear if they can afford him as a purchase or whether they'll have to structure it differently um, or whether ultimately he will decide to join Frank Lampard's side but they are uh, in the frame for him and even Arsenal I'm told are contemplating they're weighing up whether to go in for, for Nunes are we in preparing uh, for, a bid territory for, for Cunha <laughs> sorry uh, I don't think it's preparing a bid territory but with the injury to Gabriel Jesus they are weighing up I'm sure a number of options yeah. and I think Cunha is one of those they're, they're just sort of studying and also Aston Villa um, are in the picture the, the wider conversation for him although I think first Unai Emery is looking at a, a different position before that striker role and Adam I just wanted to bring you in on this seeing as David has mentioned Arsenal Michaela Mudrik, who you featured in Away From Home that the documentary I'm sure lots of people have, have listened to if you haven't already on Ukraine during the war and the background to so many different elements but you did talk about his potential price tag in that documentary um, do you think that he's a, a viable option in this January transfer well, no, he's, not, he's not at the World Cup but 
you know it, it's relevant to talk about it yeah i think the, the well there's two major things going on one is that there's a war going on which means that you know ultimately there's only so long i think Shakhtar Donetsk know they can keep hold of a player of the quality of Mikhailo Mudrik in terms of you know the conditions that they're currently playing in in Ukraine matches behind closed doors a lot of lot very very long coach journeys you know not not the best conditions for the development of a super talented footballer um and the, the other major factor is they went out of the Champions League. They're still in the Europa League, um, which I think is important. And they also are very, very keen to win the domestic Ukrainian championship as well, because that will get them into the Champions League for next season. Um, so I think there's a chance that they try and keep hold of him and just sort of say, just give us six more months. You know, the condition that the, cl- the club's currently in. Um, and also, you know, just make sure we're in the Champions League next season. That way we get the windfall from being in the Champions League as well as a windfall from selling you as a super talented player. Now, Shakhtar's position, at least publicly, you know, their sporting director, Dario Serna, made very clear that they value him in the realms of 100 million euros, right? In the realms of Anthony to Manchester United, Jack Grealish to Manchester City, Jadon Sancho to Manchester United. And Shakhtar's argument is, you know, it's not us setting the price, it's the market setting the price, right? If you're going to spend 100 million on Anthony, this guy's as good, if not better, in their view. Um, I think the reality is Shakhtar's hand is a little bit weaker in this, you know, as, with all that context that I just explained. And also the fact that, you know, the player wants, to, wants a move. Um, and I think his preference would probably be a move in January if they could, if they could make it work. Arsenal have been linked. He's linked himself to Arsenal he's he's said several times that you know it's a club that he admires um, it's a club that that he might like to play for in the future but there's also a lot you know there's a lot of interest from other clubs Manchester City have had an interest um, that's something that Shakhtar themselves have said um, basically he's in one of the most valuable positions in world football in terms of that inside left forward position that every big club plays with and, and wants to bolster their position and Newcastle have also had a, had a significant interest but it's all a question of whether a club is prepared to spend probably 60, 70, 80 million pounds in January which we wouldn't ordinarily see. And just from a perspective of the piece and our latest understanding on Mudrik, um, he is Arsenal's priority target for this transfer window and a number of people with knowledge of the situation um, feel that there's a very good chance it will happen. Adam is spot on on the numbers. Uh, people I speak to say, despite this public pronouncement about 100 million euros, privately, Shakhtar will accept a lower fee and that he is very enthusiastic about the idea of joining Arsenal with the priority being the Premier League. Um, and so he could push potentially and I think Arsenal and maybe others will be hoping that him pushing helps bring down the price um, Arsenal may have other options but he is their focus and the Kroenke family are backing Edu the technical director and Mikel Arteta and prepared to do so in this market to try and kick on and maintain their Premier League title challenge Arsenal are ready to do business and he is their um, first choice candidate for strengthening their attack in the January transfer window. Just to point you in the direction, we've been talking about a player that's not at the World Cup. It's, it's well worth reading the piece. So many players that we've discussed, Bellingham, um, Mudrik and many others are talked about in the piece, including players at the World Cup still 
fighting for a place in the final. Morocco's midfield, for example, in the piece. Check it out. It's uh, on The Athletic right now. And if you're not part of The Athletic already, uh, you can head to theathletic.com forward slash football pod, where our latest offer is £2 or $2 a month for the first year. Adam, thank you very much. David, thank you to you as well. We will catch you on the next episode as the semi-finals take centre stage. The Athletic.